Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. Uh, Matt, uh, you wanna wanna do a skit on this one? I I've got I've got nothing. I've got nothing here. This was rough. Let's play the intro. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Thank you for that intro right there, Scott Roger of Horror Movie Night. We still love it. Now, let's break down this film. We've got Evils of the Night from 1985, or also known as Demon's Night. Hmm, I've never heard of that name before. <laughs> uh, I think I think it was used much better about ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> this was directed by Muhammad Rustam, or as he decided to call himself... Marty Rustam on the uh, and all of his movies. Yes. Well, I mean, no one wanted to hire Muhammad in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's unfortunate, but it seems like that's the way it was. Yep. It was Marty on everything that he worked on. Starring in this film was Nivelle Brand as Kurt, and sadly, this was his final film. Yeah, a lot of people's end of their careers on this movie. Beginning and end. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've got Aldo Ray as Fred. This was the ugly old mechanic. The second ugly old mechanic. Right. Yeah, so... The two mechanics get the top billing because they've been in the most stuff, I think. Yeah, well, not, old... not Carradine, but Carradine's kind of like the end yeah. in this. So. Yeah, he's definitely fifth, fourth bill, <laughs> something like that. We also had Tina Lucy as Cora, and I don't know who Cora is. is was that the... No, that's, that's Tina Louise. That's uh, Ginger. From uh, oh, that's Ginger. Yes, Ginger from, from Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island. Okay. Yeah. And then we've got, like we said before, John Carradine as Doctor Cosmar. And I wrote these notes down about a week before we watched this. I don't believe they ever mentioned his name in this. <laughs> and if they do, it's we didn't hear it because the audio was so bad when dared uh, when um, John Carradine was actually on camera. Yeah, they did the weird echo effect every time he and uh, Tina Louise and Julie Newmar, who I'm sure you're about to say, uh, are talking whenever they're together. It's the worst, the worst audio. I think it is an effect, or it's an effect trying to cover up bad recording. I don't know. Well, if you ever find this to watch, you tell us, (laughs) because we couldn't figure it out. And our fifth build here is Julie Newmar as Dr. Zarma. And this is Catwoman. Yeah. She is uh, definitely in this movie. Catwoman signed up to do this film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's sort of in this movie. She's half giving it half-ass. I mean, everybody. It seems seems to be everyone is clueless in this movie. No one seems to know what's going on. I don't want to blame... I don't think their performances were necessarily that bad. It was just like they had no idea what was happening. Well, Mr. Muhammad, I'm going to call him that because I think he, he now, nowadays, you can probably go as Muhammad. Well, he does now. That's what yes, he's got on his yeah. IMDb. So this was his, was this his first directed? I know he also. 
he had directed scenes for another movie uh, called Evil Town, but he had only done sequences for it. So this is his feature debut. So you think that was like an assistant director? I, it says additional sequences, so I'm assuming like reshoots or, you know, like a spooky situation where like another director was brought on to finish the movie oh. type thing. So what was his other one that seems very famous? Maybe <laughs> like we've done an actor? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so he also directed in <laughs> 1997 a movie called James Dean, Live Fast, Die Young, which stars our friend now. Casper Van Dien. Oh, I wish we could find that one. Yeah, I bet that'd be a great VHS to uncover. And I mean, it is Casper Van Dien at the height of, it's the same year as Starship Troopers, so it is yeah. his rise. Um, I'm really curious how that one is. I should also tell people I officially found my Tarzan copy with him in it, so we can actually do that one day. Swore me ahead of time when we're getting into that. <laughs> Just let me prepare. It's I remember even as a teenager watching that and being like, Whew, this is rough. Yeah, I never saw it, but I never like wanted to. You know? <laughs> like it would, you'd see that cover and be like, ah, I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely around his Python time, I would say, right? I don't know. I think it was around I think it was around closer prize Starship Troopers than Python. It might have been. But it was uh yeah, it was a bad decision, I think. It was definitely off that George of the Jungle. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we have movies like that? Brendan Fraser, right? Yeah. Our boy Brendan. Oh, I uh, love Brendan Fraser, but man, ooh, we had some we had some stinkers in the late nineties. Oh. But speaking was, of yeah. stinkers, let's talk about <laughs> evils of the night here. What else, oh, what do else we got have for to? Us? What else okay. you got for us? On We've this got one? a budget of around a hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Do you believe that? Yes. Okay. 190,000? Yeah, I would yeah. say. I love, and they also put it in parentheses. This is estimated, so. Uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they had to pay for the, the actors, and I probably mm. that, most of that probably went to the actors that we just talked about, because all those people we mentioned are the famous people in the movie. There are a bunch of kids, 30 year old kids in the movie as well, that we yeah. didn't even mention the names of because they're not famous people. Uh, so I'm assuming all the money went to these actors. Yeah, and, and luckily, the best stat I have here, fact, whatever you want to call it, is 84, 84 minute runtime, and thank God. Yeah. Yeah, Oof. we were, we were, this was another uh, clock checker, for sure. But I, we lo- were... I love, I love that we don't know what we're getting into when we get into these, though, because, uh... Well, I, I mean, maybe I should tell them how I found this. Maybe I did in another episode, but we'll recap it. I was going through a Horicon in Chicago flashback weekend talking to Gorgon Video, uh, they also do a bunch of other stuff. They produced uh, Deathgasm. And I just saw this clamshell with a spaceship on it with a girl who's, well, you basically, I mean, that's... She's cold? She's very she... cold, <laughs> yes. We'll say that. And no bra. Uh, she's got hands coming up. Well, I'll let Matt break down the box off. Right. But anyway, I talk to them and I go, oh, what's this all about? And they're like, just watch it. <laughs> And after I looked at the box art that Matt will um, talk about, I, I had no choice but to buy this. No, and I think you made the right decision, but we it's just, it's not a good movie, but I would have done the exact same thing. Um, yeah, I mean... Well, I tell you what. what should we just what, break this fucker yeah, down? What, what, let's, <laughs> let's let you listen to the trailer a bit right now, and then we'll come back, and Matt's going to break down this box art. Hello. 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 Wait till midnight. And the full moon is out. And all 
these bugs. Attract the bats with fangs that drip saliva. Blood On Analog Jones, we love to break down what makes us rent these movies. So I'm going to give it away to Matt right now. Go ahead and break it down. Yeah, Analog Jones, we uh, always judge a book by its cover here. <laughs> and by book, we mean VHS tape. So this is our cover. Uh, God, I don't even know where to start. Deep breaths, Matt. Deep breaths. <laughs> um, so here's a tagline at the top. Alien vampires have just landed from outer space. In search of the one substance they need to survive, evils of the night. Uh, on the top of the image, we have space, uh, and in space is the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt in my mind, it is the Millennium Falcon in this illustrated art. And then next to the Millennium Falcon is, it's almost like a light coming down, showing us what's happening inside the Millennium Falcon, and it is uh, a bunch of bodies that are skeletons now, with blood being sucked out of them in, like, hospital scrubs. Yeah. Okay, that's space. Underneath that, then we have uh, our nipply girl uh, being held down by other skeleton and melting hands, and one of the little... Uh, tubes that is sucking the blood out of the skeletons up top is also attached to her sucking her blood and she looks very uh distressed yes <laughs> yeah. situation. um and then at the bottom it just says teenage blood exclamation point well this movie starts out on a high note and trust me it goes downhill from here <laughs> so that's our cover i definitely would have absolutely pick this up on the shelf if oh, I came across no, this. Is, this oh, is amazing. Fantastic. Oh, we should even mention, too, I don't think we've covered this. This is a fucker in a clamshell. Yeah. It's a big boy. Uh, it had the original seal on it. Yeah, it had a nice uh, Gorgon video seal on it that when we took it off to watch the movie, it says Void yeah. on the side here. All my years, I've never seen that. But it's so cool. I wonder if this yeah, is something it. they used to do back in the Gorgon video original days. Uh, but yeah, it has been voided because we've opened it. Uh, so it's cool. Uh, so yeah, I flip over the clamshell here. We got two images. We've got, uh, uh, Neville Brand with his screw gun thing and, uh, mm. uh, Neville Brand and Aldo Ray and their ski masks holding up one of the girls who oh, is like yes. the worst actor in this movie. And, uh, here's our, here's our little description. Teenage campers in a small town begin disappearing. Eventually, it is learned that they are being kidnapped for aliens from another universe who require flesh, sorry, who require fresh human body fluids for life support. Several kids survive. They track down two gas station attendants who have been delivering the captured victims to the aliens. The kids battle for their lives as the aliens escape in their spaceship into another dimension. Woo! Woo! So besides the uh, credit block on the back here, we've got the Gorgon video logo. Huge. And then uh, approximately 85 minutes. Color, R. This movie is rated R. Uh, and there's a lot of sex in it, but we'll talk about that in a second. But it does give us a caution besides the R rating. Oh, what's our caution? This film contains nudity, <laughs> violence. Just a little bit. 
heavy petting by people who are too old to play teenagers and really weird casting decisions. Yes, that's Amber Lynn as Joyce, the porn star. Yes. Uh, and then, so we open up the clamshell, and w- this is a really nice sticker that Gorgon put on here. Uh, it's got their Gorgon logo, Evils of the Night, and a giant R rating uh, in the center. Just in case like you forgot. Yeah, I like that little sticker they put on here. So this is kind of like a lovingly put together VHS. So this is this is a movie from 1980. The shot it in 84, came out in 85. Uh, but this is from 2014. They put this together, so this is really nice. Does it really say that? Th- yes, it does say people too old to play teenagers. We noticed it while watching it. I was like, this guy has to be. Uh, was it? His name is Brian. Brian. Yeah, oh, the Hawk. Yeah, the David real- Hawk. He's got definitely a fake name, <laughs> David Hawk. And yeah, he looked 30, 32. Yeah, easy. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> Uh, so I am going to uh, play a little bit of what came in this movie. And there you go. That's all that came in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we had nothing beforehand. No, we get the uh, we get the Gorgon video logo. Uh, no trailers, no nothing like that. But uh, it is the Gorgon video logo from the 80s and 90s. So they Yeah, kept, it was great. They kept that for this re-release. Uh, I guess I'll go extra nerdy here and talk about Gorgon's revival. So Gorgon Video, we looked it up, came from 1982, most famous for the Faces of Death series, uh, but MPI brought them back when they did the VHS release of House of the Devil, which really, I mean, props to MPI, is the thing that kicked this all off. Uh, when House of the Devil came out on VHS, that sort of reignited the interest in this. Uh, so they did it. I mean, they, I think they really are purveyors of that. So this... They then uh, picked up Gorgon from the ashes of what it used to be, and we got we got a Gorgon video back, and they re-released uh, Evils of the Night. And another thing I wanted to mention, so I looked up the company that originally had Evils of the Night. Okay. So it was Aquarius Releasing. They put it in theaters. This was one year after they put out Silent Night, Deadly Night. So they were hot. People knew who they were at this time because Silent Night, Deadly Night got a lot of got oh. in trouble. <laughs> There's a lot of press on that. Right. So they had put out stuff like uh, Raw Force, Demonoid, but also more most famously, they theatrically released Famous Faces of Death. Oh, so they did Raw Force. Right. Oh, okay. So the so Aquarius is the distributor that put all these, and I'm looking at they did like rituals, uh, a boy and his dog, Kung Fu Massacre, very exploitationy type movies in the '80s, and they released them theatrically all the way up until 1991 was their last uh, theatrical film. Uh, 1990, I'm sorry, nope, 91. Uh, <laughs> Gross Out was their last one. This was their third from last. Mm. movie that they put out theatrically so i'm not sure who released this on video originally maybe it was gorgon but uh aquarius is who put this in theaters all right two questions off that gotcha one have you seen any of the faces of death no i've seen portions of them uh as a kid it creeped me out because i thought everything was completely real Mm -hmm. and it fell for it and did not find out that none of that was real until eh, maybe early 2000s when someone in college is like, dude, 
that's just a movie. <laughs> it's like, no, it had me. But there's this real, like, the animal deaths and shit are real, I'm right? I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that was still a thing that I, would, I wouldn't watch it because yeah. of that. I'm not into any of it, so I've never wanted to watch them. But, yeah, as a kid, uh, watching it, yeah, it, it creeped me out. Not into that. Yeah. But I really thought it was all real and did not know until college. I'm like, oh, geez. All right, question number two. Do you own House of the Devil on the VHS? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I figured mean, you would. I was so excited to have... That was that was the first new movie to come out on VHS in probably eight years or something like that. Yeah, I remember when people talked about that. And I initially thought, I was like, oh, man, I don't know how they're going to sell any of those. I had no idea the the whole wave of nostalgia would come back from it. Yeah. And like I said, they were really the people that were smart enough to have the foresight to do that. And then maybe maybe to them it was just kind of a joke. And maybe and then it took off. But yeah. man, yeah, re- really smart. So major props to MPI for doing that and bringing back Gorgon video because now we get stuff like Evils of the Night. <laughs> All right. Ready to break this thing down? Let's Let me talk f- about it. What's the matter with this pair, Buster? Oh, no, no, no. Come on, honey, no. Let's break this thing down. This. (laughs) This is a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) So this is is our feature presentation. (laughs) Let's go with it. Uh, We start off with basically a softcore porn. Yeah. Uh, The first thing I said, though, probably because the stock footage that they used to open the movie was pretty good, which we found out was stock footage from... Battlestar Galactica. Gotcha. So we the stock footage is pretty good, and the first thing I say as this movie starts was, oh, this is a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> this looks like a real movie. Yeah, it tricks you. But then we get off of the stock yeah. footage, and then I'm like, oh, no, this is garbage. <laughs> well, it starts off with the Battlestar Galactica, like, uh, I'd say cargo ship of some yeah. sort. I didn't watch that series. Uh, I've never gone back to it. I've wa- I watched the new one that was put on the Sci-Fi channel, but not that old one. Then we get a close encounter ship that's landing with the spinning lights, mm-hmm. very cylinder yeah, very, type ship. Already there's inconsistencies. We've yes, already got two right different away. ships yeah. that we're supposed to believe are the same ship. And then it cuts to two sets of quote unquote teenagers. 30 year old teenagers. Yeah, one, this girl ends up going down on a guy, but his pants are still on. And they end up doing it doggy style with his pants still on. Yeah. She is stark naked. Yeah. Bent over, pounding him. <laughs> he is I, has his pants still on. <laughs> and this scene, by the way, this is an 84, 85 minute movie. This scene, and I look down at it, the opening scene of this, which just tells very little, is eight minutes. Wow. Yeah. And it's two sex scenes. Yeah. And it's it was a little uncomfortable. And I'm like, I looked over at man, I go... Oh, fuck, what did I buy? Because <laughs> I, I honestly was like, oh, please don't be some creepy uh, porn, which it kind of still was. But at yeah. least it attempted to try to become, uh, what, what would you call it, a abduction alien abduction movie? In a way. It was almost like an alien abduction slasher movie because yes. the uh, mechanics that are capturing the kids for the aliens are almost slasher type archetypes. Yes. They give us very little concept of what's happening. All we know is they're taken. The one guy who is 
having doggy style sex with his pants still on, uh, gets a rope around the neck, and I guess he's choked out and stolen. Yeah. The other couple, which we haven't talked about, were just basically teasing each other, and then they went into a lake, and then she goes down underneath the water to give him a BJ. Yeah. Sarah walks in, she goes, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. And that's- we hoped kind of that she would die drowning <laughs> doing it. <laughs> yeah, that was the hope. It did not happen. So she, she blows him. And then they, I guess. I guess. How is it possible? I don't know. But he still had his pants on, his shorts on. <laughs> like, true. when they came out of the water, I was like, what is going on? Maybe she just, like, went down there, rubbed her face on him, and came back up. I don't know. <laughs> but then they get out of the water, and then she's like, I got a second present for you. Like, as if the face-rubbing BJ was the first present. And then we're to assume they're going to have sex. And then the dude, like, look goes to take a piss, looks scared, and that's it for him. That's the last we see of him. It's gone. And then we cut to her, and she looks scared then. And then we get a shot of the moon, and the scene's over. <laughs> We assume they both were taken somewhere, and I guess it's the hospital we end up... This is, like, the second chapter of the DVD, you could kind of say. Yeah. Then we're in some clearly abandoned hospital, or maybe they're closed at night, and this director paid them a couple thousand dollars to use a wing they don't use anymore, and we get these really awkward lesbian-alien nurses? Yeah, so they've got... They've got uh uh, blowjob boy on a stretcher and we don't we don't know what happened to the girl but they've got him on a stretcher and they like leave him for a second and they go sit on a bench and they like touch each other's hands and look at each other seductively and we were like oh, is everyone gonna fuck in this yeah, movie like, <laughs> again I was like what did I buy <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that guy that guy ended up uh, I think they had to kill him and he was too old or too young to oh, use okay. Yeah, because we find out then in a later scene where the aliens go over to the mechanics that are trapping the kids that they need a very specific age group. They need 16 to 24. And they were like, this last batch you got us was too young? Yeah, that's... Well, I'm and like, I'm like, these what? 30-year-olds are too young? <laughs> you should, why didn't they just say too old? Because then I believe it. Why would you say, yeah, say this thirty-year-old? This thirty-year-old man is not fifteen. You like, could easily said they're like just outside of college. We don't know, you know, like yeah. I don't know, but then we get an exposition drop that we couldn't hear because the <laughs> audio is shit, and my dog suddenly just goes, "Hey guys, instead of watching this, let's tug, let's play." You know, we couldn't hear nothing. I mean, I, I'm not gonna blame your dog here. You couldn't hear it because the sound was so tinny and echoey. Which, again, I don't know oh. if it was an effect they were trying to do. I don't know. Or if I, it was just bad audio they tried to cover up. I don't know what the intent there was. But it was so bad you couldn't hear it even if you were trying to well, listen. But I was already so bored yes. I wasn't even trying anymore. It was a shitty exposition drop where you had Tina, John, and Julie. I kind of want that to be a comedy right there. Yeah. Tina, John, and Julie. Uh, anyway, <laughs> they're talking and just blabbing, blabbing. You can't understand it. Luckily, from the back of the box, we understand that they're trying to collect teenage blood from 16 to 24, which, why it's that age gap or that age they, range? They do, I don't, again, I don't know why it's specifically that age range, but they do say later on in the movie, they say 
that the kids are able, because they're younger, are able to survive the process so they can keep farming them. So that's why they need to keep them. That's why they need young people because they can survive. If they go with older people, they just die when they take their blood. Yeah, I, I assumed this was part of them, these aliens trying to stay young. Right, I think so. Because I don't honestly ever remember or care that that's the story. I, my brain just goes, I've seen this before, fill in the gap. Yeah, yeah. Either they wanted to stay young or they were just like the, the tagline says, they were just space vampires and they like drank blood. I don't know. I'm but, telling you what, John Carradine needs a lot of blood because he's looking rough. Yeah, he looks bad in this movie. And this this isn't his last movie, but it's pretty close to his last movie. We looked it up. His last movie was Evil Spawn, which was uh, three years after this one. 87, right? Yeah, so yeah. this was... He was on the outs, and he does not look good in no, this movie. No, he does not. He's got the old man hump mm-hmm. to in his back. Yeah, it's it's rough, and he's very red. And you mentioned maybe he was an alcoholic. And yeah, he might have had some problems, too. I so. think both the Carradines had some alcohol problems. Yeah. Or so substance was, abuse, anyway. It was more, not, not like, sad, but, like... Well, unfortunate. Little, yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate that this is like what he had to do to like pay rent still. Or yeah. maybe he loved acting so much he just kept doing yeah, it. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know, but it's just like kind of unfortunate it came to Evils of the Night for mm-hmm. a legend like him. And even same for Julie Newmar and uh, Tina Louise. I mean, yeah. Tina Louise was ginger. She shouldn't be in something like this. Yeah, Tina Louise looks fantastic. Though. Oh, yeah. she. We figured out she was 51 in this movie and she's hot still. Julie Newmar, on the other hand, was 53. We just looked it up. She looks older than Tina here, and, like, she has a little too many plastic surgery procedures. Yeah, she looks like she's a couple facelifts into her career, and, uh, yeah, she doesn't look as good as uh, Tina Louise does at all. She's in great shape, but her face is is Something's off. Yeah, something's not right. But further on in this movie, we get going, and it just basically cuts this the next cut was a beach scene correct yeah so then we move from aliens to the beach and we just see a bunch of kids we don't know at this point who our mains are going to be because we we focus on a lot of different groups of kids Mm -hmm. playing at this kind of dingy ass dirty ass looking beach well it's probably all muhammad could get yeah i mean uh, yeah it's bad um or marty yeah marty um marty you rascal (laughs) Because it, everything is about promiscuity. Everybody wants to fuck everything in this beach scene. So we get a, co- a bunch of different things, people trying to hook up. Uh, we just get two random girls, topless girls, putting suntan lotion on each other. Oh, that we never, We never yeah. go back to. We never recap. That is um, weird. And we see a guy creeping on them, and he's with his girl. And his girl's like, oh, I'm horny now. I want to have sex. And he's like, maybe later. Like, he was just spying yeah, on these we'll other two girls. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Hey, we'll talk about it. And this is Amber Lynn. This was the por- the first porn star that we know about. We don't know who the other one is. I do have the name. Her The other porn star's name is Crystal Breeze, but we don't know who yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm sure it was one of the other There's so very many, naked women yeah, in this. There's so many naked women in this and bad acting that you're like, well, good luck choosing. <laughs> yeah, so... We we see all the characters at the beach. Everybody's talking about sex, and then we jump to night. Yes, and yeah. I and the horny girl Amberlynn gets her wish that uh, her boyfriend Eddie. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So it's Joyce and Eddie uh, are gonna hook up. Oh, I forgot at the beach, the song. 
Oh, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys and they will never change. Yes. Oh, what a great, terrible 80s song. Uh, well, it's okay if men touch and grope women because they're boys. Yeah, boys will be boys, and that's yes. the way it's going to be. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh... <laughs> I like to say I'm glad we moved away from that, but fucking we're still dealing <laughs> Anyway. Back Just, to the back, if, back to the uh, Reagan '80s and not the scary time if today. They say no, keep trying. It's completely fine in the '80s. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, All right, sorry. Keep going, man. So, so the sex. Uh, <laughs> boys will be everywhere. boys everywhere. So boys will be boys. That that makes me want to buy the soundtrack to the movie. Then we jump to night, and we're at night, and uh, girls getting her wish. They're about to hook up. And they hear a noise, and they get taken. Now we see the guys in the ski masks. We, mm-hmm. we didn't see them in the opening scene at all. We had no idea what the threat was. We didn't know if it was aliens, if it was a killer in the woods. No idea, because they don't show shadows or nothing in the opening no. scene. So now we have double threats, and it turns into a slasher. Yes. So they get picked off. Yeah. They get, well, picked up. Well, picked up, not picked off. They don't get killed, because that's when we then meet the mechanics, and they're like talking about how they're taking these kids to the aliens, basically. Yeah, and the two they kidnapped, I believe, were the couple? Right. Yes, this was the couple that is getting married in 30 days. Yeah, so before, yeah, before we, you know, after, so we see the ski mask guys take these two, then we go back to a campsite scene, and we then we know kind of who our main five characters are. Sort of. Sort of. Because <laughs> I don't, I only remember two names right so we get we get the married couple or the couple that's engaged to be married and they run off to bone in the woods and they get taken as well and then the other three just pass out and hear it but they think they're fucking they're, yeah. they hear the screams and they think they're screams of passion but they're really being taken by these ski mask guys so they get t- they get taken and they, the other three go to sleep yeah, and then yeah. we find out then we get the exposition drop of these guys are taking the kids for the aliens. Yeah, and then the kids come to the garage and they start asking around, like, hey, have you seen our friends? And this is when we found out that this movie's audio and some of the scenes are really bad. Now, we thought the Tina, John, and Julie scene was bad audio with the echoing and everything. The one in this garage, this is awful. Yeah, you can't hear them because it's like they're trying to cover up the the bad audio of this open garage like they're probably just picking up a lot of background noise they try to cover it up by putting a song over it which isn't as good as boys will be boys but no i don't even remember i don't even remember what, what song it was because we were trying to listen to what the, the audio was yeah but you couldn't like, make it out because the song was blaring they were they sounded so far away even though they were in like close-ups it was bad really bad audio i don't know why they would cut the music over this right here because the audio is bad enough. I guess they put, like you said, they're like, oh, this is terrible. Stick this catchy tune in it. Yeah, it was bad. And we didn't miss anything there because we already got the exposition yeah. drop of them taking the kids. What What's happening here is the kids are basically just asking, hey, have you seen our friends? And the mechanics are like, oh, they ran off to get married, which was lucky guess on their part. For <laughs> yeah. Lucky guess. They're eloping to Reno. And it's like, wow, that's that's what we just talked about at the campfire the night before. What hmm. a coinkadink. <laughs> yeah, so they got a lucky guess. And then I didn't hear anything else, but I think basically they were just like, hey, is there somewhere good to eat around here? And they're like, oh, go down the road. Like, it was bullshit. Like, anyways. And we never see them go to that diner. No. 
So don't even mention that in the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then we get, I believe we go back to the abandoned hospital where we get Tina, John, and Julie talking again. You're right. And this is more exposition. And I don't remember what they're saying again because this is, again, where we started talking about the echo. And then we started to just chit-chat amongst each other of, like, how much better Tina and Julie have aged compared to, to Carradine. So with Carradine, you could tell he's a smoker, you know, probably drank himself quite a bit in his 79 years. Yeah, he's definitely older than the two. I do think in I think in this scene, this is where they drop the, uh, this is where the kids, this is why we need kids, because they can survive it. I think that's what this scene is. Yeah, they were struggling with taking their life essence or blood. I don't know what that, it, was, it looks like a jar of blood they're taking from mm-hmm. it, but then they don't actually... I don't remember them actually ever saying the blood. They kind of say, like, life force. Right. Yeah, they were like, oh, they need to be younger because we they can't can survive it. it. Yeah. I think it's because no. the one it, it's uh, the one guy's dying, and it's it's Eddie that was having sex with the porn star. He's, like, dead. Yes. So. Yeah. So uh, then we go, we finally, it, somewhere around here, we get Julie Newmar going to the mechanics and giving them their gold coins for their original ones, and she tells them, hey, we need them 16 to 24. The other ones you brought were too old. Is this where she says this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Somewhere and this is you. when we looked at each other, we're like, wait, what? <laughs> How do... So the first ones were too young, and these ones were too old, or were they both too young? I don't they, remember. They, no, they both, everything was too young, they kept saying. Yeah, what? And I don't know why they chose was to say that. Was this the second time we saw the aliens interact with these? No, this is the first this time. This is the first, okay. We we had gotten with the mechanics the story that they were doing yes. this for them. Okay, that's We had right. not yeah. seen them interact yet, so now we're seeing them interact. And yeah, they say like, oh, too, this is too young for us. And it's like, these 30-year-olds are not 14 years old. <laughs> yeah. And then after this, they end up getting a little desperate and grabbing the other three, which included... The girl from the cover, which is one of the worst actresses I've seen. Definitely in our seven films so far. Or, the worst actress? Probably. Yeah, easily, I, I would say. Because uh, this is atrocious. This isn't even wooden acting. This is like a four-year-old acting. <laughs> yeah, where you give him a line, you're like, say, I love you. Okay, I love you. Yeah, this like, was her oh. performance. So this was what, Connie and Heather, the two girls? Definitely Connie. I think it was Heather. We'll just go with that. Cool. And then Brian, which we know because they kept yes. saying it. So what the way they get taken is... I believe you mean David Hawk. The Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> so the way they get taken is they're uh, all hanging out in the woods again now this night, and they're getting eaten up by bugs. And they're like, the bugs are so bad, we're going to go in the car and sleep. And he's like, I want to fuck both of you. And then they're like, get away from us, creep. <laughs> and then he sleeps outside. He's they, the only guy that doesn't get laid in this. Yeah. Well, he makes out with her in a, some beach scene somewhere. He makes no. out with uh, not not bad actress, the other the other one. Mm-hmm. So if bad actress yeah, is Connie, yeah, he kind of makes out. Yeah, he yeah. like dunks but her he, head. Yeah, yeah, and then they like have a moment. Um, I don't even know where that happens in the movie. I remember it happening. Well, we all we had we didn't even discuss Amber Lynn getting totally butt butt naked. Like just remember she got butt naked in there we saw bush and we were both like uh yeah she's the porn star because at the time i only wrote down the name but we knew right when you get to the scene you're like that's the porn star yeah 
Absolutely. She was so comfortable nude. Yeah, and, and like, yeah, she was ready for him to attack her. <laughs> and he kept his pants on, of course. Of course. But yeah, anyway, yeah, moving anyway, on back anyway, to the, the back three. Back to our They're three. sleeping in the car, and one of the creep mechanics steals the car and goes off with them. And then he goes to find them, and he gets taken, too. Yes, so they all get strapped to poles, <laughs> which I don't believe were in the original shot of the garage, but we're thinking there was one stability pole there for yeah, this place, and, and then, then they added two other ones, and then just said, stick them on there. I mean, come on, man, we're, we only got like three or four days at this location. Yeah, and I mean, this is already now, at this point, we've talked through the first hour of the movie. Yeah. We are an hour in. About the last 30, 20 minutes, we were checking the clock a lot. Yeah, this is this is about an hour into the movie, and we've got 25 minutes left, and they're tied up. So we get, then, what might be the greatest line in cinematic history. <laughs> I wish we had the lines in front of us here so I could feed them to you. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the interaction buildup, but basically it was... Uh, it was between uh, Neville Brand and Aldo Ray. Yes. We're talking. They're the mechanics that are stealing the kids. They're talking in the garage. Fred and, the, and Kurt. Yeah, Fred and Kurt are talking in the other room of the garage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Sure. And they're having this conversation, and they're like, "What are you going to do with your gold? Because we saw in the Julie Newmar scene they were getting gold for the kids, and the one the one guy is like." I'm going to go to Tahiti because no one wears clothes there and I'm just going to be surrounded by beautiful naked women. And the other guy goes, I'm going to get a castle and I'm going to get a bunch of women to come to my <laughs> castle with my gold. Then he basically just stops and goes, sure would like to go in there and hump one of them. <laughs> we're just like, what, what, what? Because he's so creepy, and that line probably wasn't written in the movie. That's him just being like, oh, man, I'm going to get me one of those girls. <laughs> like, hump them. He's, he's like, yeah, I think what led to that, it talks about the castle, and he's like, I want the beautiful women. And I think uh, the other guy points to the other room and is like, we got some nice ones in there, too. <laughs> and he's just like, sure would like to go hump one of them. <laughs> And I literally, uh, like, we were kind of fading in and out of the movie at this point. We were like, oh, like, is it over yet? Is it over yet? And I, like, violently snapped back into the movie. And I just was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that 70-year-old man or 60, whatever he was, is wanting to get himself that 30-year-old playing a 20-year-old. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So he goes in there then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is another great line, right? This is when the guy... Yes. So, David Hawk fully commits to acting here. Yes. So he goes to hump one of them, right? I'm assuming. I was really hoping he was going to go in there and start, like, creeping on Hawk, though. <laughs> that would have been amazing. It would have been such a great subversion. But he, he doesn't. He goes in there and starts making out with, I think it's Connie, the shitty actress, the really bad one. Yes, and yeah. he's like getting on her. He he unties her so that he can hump her, I guess, which is stupid. So she breaks free, and they have a bit of a fight. And he knocks her down during the fight. And Hawk, without fucking just like giving it his Oscar moment, just is like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> and this is when I snapped back, and I was like, "Wow." Wow, Hawk. That's actually when I looked up his name. I was like, I got to know this guy's name. 
and he has done nothing think, else besides this film. I'm assuming he's a softcore porn actor, and he used a fake name because he really wanted to become an actor, and then someone afterwards told him, yeah, no, you can't do <laughs> this, this. Evils of the Night isn't going to be your breakout. <laughs> but that moment was great. You son of a bitch! <laughs> And he's all red. I mean, he's he red is, everywhere. Oh, like his muscles are red. Like. He's pissed, <laughs> but he still has his pants on. <laughs> yeah. So the two of them are tied up, and they're fighting. Uh, uh, Connie takes a drill. This is a to terrible this guy. fucking fight. Yeah, you know? I'm telling you right now, this is rough to watch. We were like, oh, she's got the drill. She's got him. She gets him down. She pins him down. She uses the drill and gets him in the shoulder. But he just gets right back or up. Under, and takes or the, the pit. I think it was the pit. Somewhere in there, yeah. yeah. And then he just gets right back up, and now he has the drill. Yes. And instead of untying her friends that are tied up, she is free. She can do. She has her hands free. She hides behind them <laughs> where their hands are tied. She All she needs to do is pull the rope. But instead, oh, she's God, just hiding yeah. behind them, cowering from this guy doesn't untie them at all and he gets her he takes her down and he drills her right in the stomach and this is our first super gore scene in the movie super gore i guess you could call it super but yes yeah for For this this movie movie, yeah yeah it's more it's more than just a little yeah it's not just a spray (laughs) it he drills into her and there's blood everywhere well this is like our first blood too right so it kind of was just like oh okay this is actually going to be a horror film now i guess yeah so he gets her he kills her and i don't how well, they... I mean, he didn't have to kill her. I, he had her completely down. She's worth money. Right. Yes. So he needs more of his gold coins to build his castle so he can get <laughs> girls who don't run away from him right. and throw rubber tools at him. Right. Uh, so, but he, he drills her in the stomach, and I was, I was kind of like, well, all right, she's a terrible actress, whatever. Let's just keep going. I don't remember what happens next because my mind skips over to them like just all fighting them so i'm gonna let you take over <laughs> i don't remember either somehow they get the guy gets free no yeah she, he gets free first yes and then goes to untie the girl and i think it's just because the the dude is threatening him with the drill now and somehow he gets out yeah he's like kicks him or something right. i think he was untying himself when he like, for some reason he had the ability to untie himself after the girl gets drilled in the stomach. Well, he was kind of doing like the back scratcher thing where yeah. he was rubbing up against the post. Yes, so I think yeah. that's what freed him. So he gets free, knocks out the guys, gets the girl, but they get chased by this dude. Yeah. Cut two. Now we're back on the spaceship hospital thing, whatever the fuck I, it is. Yeah, what is. And uh, we meet the couple. We see the couple again, the, the ones that were engaged. Well, she finds his dead body, right? She yeah. gets up and she finds his dead body. And that dude is the dude from Chopping Mall, we found yes, out at yeah. that point. Um, so she gets... He's the nerdy guy from yeah, Chopping nerdy Mall. nerdy guy from Chopping Mall. And Karate Kid. Yeah. But we don't know what Jimmy. character... Jimmy? Jimmy? I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, so she gets... She sees the dead body of her fiancé. She's distraught. She runs out of the hospital. And she then is getting chased by mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the other mechanic so yes. we've got one mechanic with chasing the two and we've got the other mechanic chasing her yeah and then we get uh a fucking awesome scene or shot where she's being chased by the one mechanic and she takes the air mm-hmm. compressor that like fills up the tires she puts it in his ear and fucking just a bunch of shit shoots out of his head and i was yeah. like okay that was cool like and they, sh- they show it all 
like a great shot and everything. Like I was like, oh, that was like that was their money shot. Yeah. Probably. All well, the later, while. later on, when she gets to like the little SUV or not the SUV, but little camper, and then the well, she takes a swipe at him uh, with the axe, misses. But because he's basically had his hearing and brain particles sprayed out of his head, yeah, he can't hear it. And I looked over at Matt. I go, "Wow, he couldn't hear that." And then we both look at each other and realize at the same time, "Well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he can't can. hear that." <laughs> uh, so we're cutting back and forth between these two stories, and mm-hmm. we get the other one where he goes to get the girl, and the the guy is, I don't know what's wrong with him or whatever. He's not around. They split up or something. I don't know. Man, and man. I don't care. And so she gets the ups on him and knocks him down, takes him down, and then brings down a car on him and yes. crushes him. So that he's out of the picture now. And, and they missed an opportunity there to have some squirting blood or something. Because yeah. you could just simply put that in an air pump and, and then cut f- to, like, uh, the wall or whatever and go... Yeah, yeah they did But they, they, they lost that opportunity. I was a little disappointed in that. So she's just distraught and, like, leans up against the wall. And that's the last we see of her. So then we cut back to Is that. Is that really until the very end? That's yeah, the last. That's yeah. the last we see of her. Uh-huh. So then we go back to the other girl... Who seems to be... She's smart. She's got the axe. She's been fighting this guy. It seems like she's going to be the final girl. Not so much the case. She has the axe. She's swinging it at him. She misses. He gets the axe from mm-hmm. her yeah. in a in a spectacularly violent way where we actually thought that that axe might be real and he might actually be like going after her. Like yeah, we that were made scared me for uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know if that's a rubber axe that's one of the best prop axes, if it is a rubber axe I've ever seen, because when he's hitting the ground, you feel the weight. Yeah, and it seems like, yeah, she's dodging for her life when he's coming Yeah, back. that creeped me out a little bit. I yeah. was like, Ugh. And it happens fast. Like, he snags the axe and goes down to hit her. And I was like, whoa, and that could have hurt somebody. I believe I looked up the actress, and she was in the chopping mall as well. Yeah. But we don't know the characters. But then she's done pretty much acting. Part of me wonders if these two films, basically back-to-back, kind of just like, these movies scare me. Yeah. Yeah, she probably almost got hurt on this one. And then Chopping Mall, she probably didn't have a lot to do. So she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. She gets gets cornered, and the guy, the, the last remaining mechanic, cuts her arm off, and she's dead. That was sad. Because I really sad. thought she was going to make yeah. it. And she was putting uh, up a hell of a fight. This actress was doing a hell of a job, too. She was running around in her bikini bottoms the entire time. You know she was uncomfortable. You could see scratches on her legs, probably. I mm. mean, this girl was giving it yeah. everything she got. And honestly, I could see her in other movies. I think she was actually good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she was good. She, we follow her from the hospital. She gets in the back of the truck. Remember that's mm-hmm. how she gets out, yeah. and then and then her running from the killer. Like, yeah, that whole I don't thing. Quite and she was understand. in her bikini bottoms that entire time. I don't understand. This girl was the one who was going to get married. Yeah, she was actually the one on you know what they call quote unquote the the good characters. Like uh, she was on the right path. Yes, she wasn't the sex crazed. No, she should have been the one to survive. No, she gets her arm chopped off, and she's dead in a shed somewhere. Yeah, and that's a very <laughs> horrific moment right there. Part of me wonders, just like, wait, who shot this little scene? Because there's a good chunk of about a minute and a half of the movie where it seems like someone took over. Like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Let me shoot this shed scene. Yeah. Because that's the only thing, in my opinion, where you look at it, you're like, 
someone had some talent there. Well, uh, maybe it may be anything with her scene because that was also the air compressor. Yeah, was her like, too. So like everything there seemed like a more tense, good action chase scene. I do wonder if he saw an air compressor one day and he's just like, it would be a good death if you stuck in someone's ear and he just wrote an entire script based off that. Yeah. It's the only good death in the entire thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, the drill to the stomach is basically the driller killer. That's Yeah, um, it's just a drill and a bunch of blood spraying up in the air. So yeah, it's like, nothing. eh, seen it. So anyway, now we got the last, we got the last remaining mechanic and we know the two other characters still alive. We forget about Brian, though. When, and he... Oh, I'd never forget about Brian. <laughs> so, mechanic guy comes back to the garage, sees that his buddy's dead under a car, and the girl is just chilling there. And he's like, well, I'm going to kill you now. So he goes to swing the axe on the girl who doesn't move at all, and Brian comes back to save the day. And he grabs that thing on the backswing. He's like, no, you ain't. And they put up a fight, and the mechanic still gets the axe, and the spaceship just takes off into the air <laughs> and laser blasts oh my God. the mechanic to death this from space. is <laughs> one of the weakest endings I've seen in an 80s slasher alien ever. Whatever you want to call this, classify this movie. This, this is fucking weak. Yeah, like... They're about to have this climactic final battle between the last remaining characters in the movie and the aliens take off in space and just laser blast him to death. But nothing <sighs> cool. Just like the green laser comes out of the sky from the Battlestar Galactica stock footage and then there and then the laser hits the guy and kills him. I don't know why. I guess they just didn't want him to spend the gold they gave him. Maybe. He they they did say don't spend this until we're done. So maybe they were like but I don't think he did spend it. Yeah, well, he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. I, what, none of it made sense. You're like, what? Why didn't you just have Brian kill them? That would have made sense because he had a yeah. reason to. The aliens, on the other hand, maybe it was just like, well, we don't want him talking about us, so... Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, like... By the way, that's a hell of a shot. Yeah, from space. Like, from space. Nailed the guy right in the head. Yeah, <laughs> dead. Like... And the aliens are just like, we ran out of time, we gotta go. That's all they say. Oh, yeah, this was anticlimactic. They're like, ah, uh, gotta go, bye. Which is basically what the filmmakers are saying. Yeah. Like, we ran out of time, we gotta go, bye. Shit, we got 12 days on this, and we're on the 11th hour of the last day. Let's move, let's move! Yeah, so they get blasted, and the, the happy couple, Brian and Heather, go off. The end. Roll credits. Yep, that's it. And then the only thing we get after the movie is our first of our seven movies FBI warning. Yes. We haven't gotten the FBI warning to not copy tapes yet. We got it this time. Yeah, and don't worry, we won't copy this tape. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. So that's our that's our uh, movie. That's yeah. that's what we get with Evils of the Night. Okay, we'll come back with some uh, behind the scenes here. Grab something. Grab something. <gasps> you filthy son of a bitch. This is Analog Jones behind the scenes here, and I'm going to be completely honest. I'm kind of the guy who looks up all this stuff, and there is not much. Yeah, you, you had said that you had to go to Amazon reviews to try to find yeah, some I, I had to dig deep here, and all these Amazon reviews, there's way too many 10-star, uh, and I'm thinking that people who were responsible for this film somewhere that just redistributed this was putting out some knowledge because <laughs> there's no way. I've read a lot of Amazon reviews in my day, and most of them are crap. 
Yeah, it's not people that are writers. No, it's just like, these sounded like writers. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll let you go with your uh, little bit behind the scenes first. So this is this is what I was able to find. I was able to find uh, two reviews for the movie. And uh, it, it, these are snippets of reviews. I didn't read the full review. But I guess reviews when this film came out, again, theatrically. <laughs> Just take that in for a second. Um, I still don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> reviews are generally negative. Uh, reviewer, no! A reviewer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution wrote, Evils of the Night is an attempt to introduce an appalling new genre. The teen sex comedy slice and dice thriller Martians have landed combo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... And uh, the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel wrote, simply stated, Evils of the Night is a deplorable motion picture. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. And then I was just... Can't argue. I was just looking up uh, Marty Rustum, too, just to see, you know, we saw what else he directed, but I guess he can't, he was a producer first, and he had produced some uh, exploitation stuff, so Female Bunch, Dracula versus Frankenstein, uh, The Psychic Killer, which is like kind of one of those famous VHS mm-hmm. covers, and uh, Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive, which he also co-wrote, and then something amazing that I have to find uh, called Please Don't Eat the Babies. Uh, yeah, that looks, I, I want to see that. But that is all I found on this. Yeah, this it's not much. Uh, what I ended up kind of finding out was that advertisement for this on the Gorgon Video website here, this is fantastic, featuring a stellar score by Robert O. Ranglin, composer of The Winged Serpent and black exploitation classic Abbey. You need to add this stellar limited edition VHS to your collection. This 1980s most absurd, carefree, and just plain crazy exploitation film. Order right here for $15. <laughs> yeah. Sold, except I bought it for five. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's really not a lot out there. Didn't, didn't you find when talking to the Gorgon guy about how the director kept the artwork but not the film? Yes, this is very weird. And I, I, we'd have to actually get another interview on them. But when I was talking to him... This movie never came out on a DVD or mm. anything like that because from what I had heard is someone, either the director or someone, owned rights to the artwork but not the distribution. That's weird. Right. So he held he held on to the artwork but didn't seem to care what happened I, in the movie? But to me, like, wouldn't you want the dis- distribution rights? Because someone could just redo artwork. Yeah. So, to, but it still never got released. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what happened. What was it? No, this guy's I mean head? we would have to honestly email Gorgon. You know what? We're gonna do it. Yeah, we'll see if we get a response. Yeah, for we'll next see week. if we get a response on this because I need to know what the hell is up with that. Yeah, and I want to know who did the artwork too. Yeah, because it is, it's the, it's the thing that made us pick up the movie. Oh, it's the it's, only it's, thing that sold me on this. Yeah, it's great artwork. So, yeah, it's curious. But well, that's yeah. The, we'll get back to you on that one. That's kind of it. That's it's all it. The behind yes. the scenes that we really have uh, for this. It's there's not a lot out there about this movie, which is which was fun because I looked up nothing before watching it. No, I, I went in fresh. I, I went in and did a solid twenty minutes of research. Sometimes in these movies, like you go back to our first one with Starship Troopers, I did a solid like two hours of investigation. I mean, I I went deep, maybe even more than that, because I love Starship Troopers. It was not an assignment. That was <laughs> like I am having fun learning all this watching these documentaries on it this one on the other hand 
I got into it maybe 20, 25 minutes. I was like, oh, I give up. There's nothing. And yeah, all the research that I did, I did during the movie because I couldn't yeah. fucking watch it. Yeah. So there's a good 20 minute chunk where we we're both like, well, we got our nachos in us. Uh, <laughs> let's just try to stay awake. Yeah. Um, we'll say before we jump into the museum, good transfer. They did a good job sort yes, of rescuing yeah. the movie. It looked great. And they have it in the letterbox format. Um, and it looks it looks good. It doesn't. Well, look this like company a, does some good work. Yeah, it looked like a nice restoration. Because I had their death spa. Now I don't know if that was through Gorgon or something else they bought, but their death spa is very good. They're transferred to the Blu-ray on it, just like this VHS. They do, they do really good, good work. You know I that? suggest looking them up on their websites or anything like that. Buy from them. Buy from these small yeah. venue shops. Yeah. This is what keeps this stuff alive. Don't, you know, just watch this on some, you know, random YouTube. Go out there and buy these if you really want to keep seeing these transfers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely support Gorgon. It's it's through MPI, which is an, which is another low-budget corporation, yes. not corporation, but uh, releasing house. Uh, this is just a segment of them. But they're, the MPI as a whole is independent and small as well. So you've got to keep these guys going. Keep these guys alive. Keep Gorgon alive. Keep... Uh, um, MPI alive because they're doing they're doing the Lord's work here. <laughs> this together <laughs> on VHS the way the devil intended. Yes. All right, we're gonna come back and then we're gonna put in what we got for the museum. Yep. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part where Analog Jones here finds whatever we're going to put in the museum. It's the gold or it's the trash that you need to learn from to get the gold. Yes. Got to put something in our museum to either learn from or respect. This all came from Matt telling me one day, no matter how bad something is, he can find gold in it. Yes. So, go, so Matt, what's your gold? Air compressors are my gold this, uh, <laughs> this week. Um, great. Great violent scene, great effects, worked really well. She stuck the thing in his ear, and his brain matter and ear parts blew out on the other side, and it was awesome. It is what Muhammad here did well in this film. That death is the the only death that stands out. I mean, it's not even a death. The dude's still alive. He just can't hear anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> it's not yeah, even he, his death. the aliens actually killed him. Yeah, but he just yeah. This was, this was uh, the best deafening I've ever seen. <laughs> Mine, on the other hand, is a, a little tune by a man we've already mentioned. Robert O. Ranglin did a little song called Boys Are Gonna Be Boys <laughs> and They're Never Gonna Change. Oh, what a great song. We gotta we gotta. Are you find sure it. it's great? <laughs> we gotta find it. it uh, is... I'll look for it as hard as I can before this initially comes in and I'll put it at the end. <laughs> I promise you I will scorch the earth. <laughs> I This was going to be my second choice for the museum, so I'm glad that you went with it. Well, that whole beach scene. We, we also didn't mention, when they cut in the song, the beach scene's going, and it's not one of those soft, like, fade in to the song. song it, just starts. <laughs> it is a hard boom. The song goes, has no wasted time with uh, instrumental, it's just like boys will be boys, yeah, and then never gonna change. Basically, women, your objects in the 80s. 
and this fucking song's gonna let you know it. And I'm sorry, but at the same time, it's gold. Yeah, no, it's spectacularly offensive. But yes, I mean, yeah, I'm sure Robert O. Ringland wrote it, or but it's a girl singer. Yeah, that's, that's what's it's, weird. So it's even like creepier that it is like a woman being like, "Oh, boys will be boys. They'll just take advantage of me." Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like what? Yeah. The spectacularly offensive and awful. We can both learn from it and appreciate it. Boys will be boys in the museum. Put that in a time capsule and bury it away. Because (laughs) when it comes to our 90s films that we review, boy, that shit would not fly. No, no. But uh, so before we, you know, talk about sort of next week and what else we've been up to this this week, do we pick this up if you see it in the store somewhere? (sighs) Man... You have to because of the art. This is going to trick you like no other. This is the best trick of like a Roger Corman flick or, I mean, the bad Roger Corman flicks, not the good yeah. stuff. Uh, you would have to pick it up. You look at this and you're like, oh my. If you're a horny teenager, yeah, this. And I mean, the movie delivers if you're a horny teenager. Yes, yeah. So you get a lot of If you're looking for a softcore Cinemax, you, bam, this yeah. is it. Yeah, I mean, any 12-year-old boys that like horror movies, this is definitely... At least the first 30 minutes. This is definitely one for you. Uh, But also, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, not just for the artwork, but because the movie's bad, and I don't really have a lot of good things to say about it, but it is going to be one of those curiosities that you're going to want to keep on your shelf and maybe tell people about or maybe show some people. It's, It's... it's not the best of yeah. like the oddball type movies, but it's a it's a unique curiosity worth for, hanging on to. For me, I will never rewatch this unless I have a virgin eyes on it, right. so to speak, where they look at it and they're like, "What is this?" And I'll be like, "Ah, I tell you <laughs> what, I'll watch the first ten minutes with you, uh, fade out for another fifty, and come right back." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah definitely worth it if you come across it pick it up or better yet go to gorgon video go to mpi order it yes it's only 12 bucks right now just do it yeah just do it we're gonna come back with uh you know what no we're not gonna clip out let's go right back to uh what have we been watching correct yeah let's i mean i guess this is a collaborative what have we been watching we had our launch party yesterday and we watched yeah. some movies so we had a launch party of analog jones we had a bunch of friends over i we packed my apartment yeah and we we played uh three films we had friday the 13th part six yes which is the one with no nudity <laughs> yeah but it's a fun yeah. movie so I, I think it's it was my great. favorite friday the 13th yeah it was it was great to watch with the crowd it's the it's fat a fun jason movie. it's the fat jason fat jason yeah yes or at least the one scene i didn't pay attention to the rest uh we were playing all these on vhs's so that was pretty interesting to see a bunch of non-horror fans like <laughs> react to the quality yeah of the movie <laughs> and the and the audio was pretty bad sometimes yeah like the audio the picture quality and then just like the content of the movie because these were not horror fans so they were freaking out about that but then also like whoa like i haven't seen a vhs in years yes, like so yeah. we were able to do that with and, the three and we asked we them too like do you guys want to see the trailers and it was an overwhelming yes yeah so i think i think we've tapped into something yeah here. i think we figured something out here because they, they were said, excited yes, about the yeah. trailers because when i first put in the vhs that man owned of part six friday the 13th part six there was no trailers and it was kind of like a moan 
Yeah, I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, man. First, it was my moment. I go, oh, man, so you fast-forwarded this. And I was like, no, it just starts right out. I was like, and then, then the rest of the crowd was like, oh. But then, the, so the second movie we watched was voted on by the group. Yeah, we gave them seven films, and I cannot believe this one overwhelmingly. Dead Alive came out on top. They wanted to watch it. And I, this was my copy. I hadn't fast-forwarded through the trailers. I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't do it. And the trailers started running, and, like, that just lit the room up. Yeah, I can't believe it. I was just, wow, you you guys really... So I asked them, because I... Uh, the third movie we played was Leprechaun in the Hood, which, again, they voted for and shocked me, because yeah. most of the people who came last night in our launch party were not whorehounds. Yeah. They're just friends that like wanted to support us and they you know i think they were interested in having a movie party yeah and i had to go in when i put in the third movie and rewind it and not everyone left we it was a skeleton crew at the end of leprechaun in the hood i'll be honest but they stayed for, for the, the trailers on leprechaun left. in the hood then they left right it was like let's see what the trailers are and then we'll get out of here so i mean like wow there's an interest here. Yeah. There's something. There's something here. There's and the an Miramax, Miramax uh, happened. This is completely. Uh, we did not plan this. Miramax released Dead Alive. On Trimark. The, what did I say? Miramax. Miramax. No, that's Harvey no, Weinstein. We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I've got Weinstein on the brain. That's <laughs> not. Wanna, yeah, we don't want to talk about that right now. Let's cut that. <laughs> but or the, keep it. <laughs> Vidmark, Trimark. Yes, Trimark uh, released these and. Um, we had a Warlock one on Dead Alive. Yeah, it was Warlock the Armageddon, the second yes. movie. So I was very confused because I looked at Matt and I go, wait a minute. There's a Warlock trailer on did this the, other movie. Did this, did this Dead Alive get released the same year as the Leprechaun in the Hood? And you're like, no, this is an original. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 it can't be. I just saw the Warlock trailer <laughs> on Leprechaun when I was fast forwarding through it. And he's like, no. No, that must be Warhawk 3. <laughs> and you are fucking on. Yeah. You're like, bullseye. And people were so excited to see Warlock the Armageddon's trailer and then Warlock 3. And let me tell you, makes me want to go back. I've seen, I rewatched Warlock the Armageddon recently on VHS because I'm a monster. Yes. Um, but, and, and that movie's amazing. It's one of my favorites. Never seen any of them. Oh, you only need to see two. But it did, it did make me want to rewatch the third one, seeing the trailer yesterday. Yeah, I I always get the warlock confused with the Wishmaster. Yeah, and so when the, the warlock was coming, very in, similar. Yes. So what is warlock's thing? Because the Wishmaster gives you wishes that essentially turn against you. Right. What warlock, does warlock do? Warlock just has magical powers. He's a witch. He he does witchy shit. He like does spells and conjures demons and things like that and in the second movie he's looking for stones that are going to bring the devil back uh, so he does right, anything right, in his power yeah. to get that and then i don't even know what the third movie's about but it looked good well, it doesn't matter because when we got to hear virgin ears and eyes laying upon dead alive the reactions were awesome yeah no i mean people were screaming and we had a great we had great reactions to Friday Six, which is like base. It is a party movie, so we had great reactions to that. But man, the room was just on fire with uh, Dead Alive, and it was funny. I I had gone to get food during it, you know, during we, Dead we, Alive. Yeah, we both did because we. I've seen this probably a good 15, 20 times. Right. So I was a like, lot. oh, I'm gonna yeah. go get food, and me going to get food 
other people were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get some food. And, of course, it was all the movie nerds. So it was like me, you, Rob, Bill. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it basically led to us staying around the food for, like, 45 minutes of this movie. Yes. But the great thing about it was we missed 45 minutes of the movie, but we heard everybody's reactions because we'd seen the movie so many times. We knew what was happening. Yeah, we're like, they were lit up. It yeah. was just like, oh, my God! Yeah, it was, was like, great. Wow. It was great. But we, we did go back to make sure we watched, like, the last half hour yes. of the movie because it's insane. <laughs> uh, my friend, uh, I won't mention her name, uh, but because uh, I don't know if she was, I don't know. But uh, her, the poor girl, she... <laughs> She was like turning away. She's like, I know it's fake, but I can't watch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and well, with everybody screaming and being like, "This is gross! This is crazy! I can't believe you guys watch this stuff." They voted on it. Yes, we didn't. We didn't I, sway them in any way. We didn't go, "Oh, you gotta see this movie." We just said, "Here are seven tapes we have. What do you want to watch?" They wanted to yeah, watch this. Oh, my girlfriend! <laughs> like when I said that, I go, "You guys voted for this while it's all happening," and I hear Sarah go, "I didn't know what I was doing, but I love it." <laughs> I was like, I, it was funny. It's like they didn't want to watch, but they're so glad they saw it. You're right. Like, so we we had a nice rite of passage for them. That was awesome. In the horror. In Leprechaun in the Hood, we had on. May come back, though. Spoilers. Might come back my, on my, the podcast. I mean, may? Maybe not? Around a certain holiday? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I uh, other things that have going on. Uh, I'm doing the, the you know the 31 horror movies in 31 days in October, which is very stressful on me. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do it anymore because it was too stressful. Yes, it was. Now um, I write about it on a, just a little bitty group page that I, I do for fun. But now that Analog Jones has officially launched its Facebook page, which Go you can like it. Yes, we you can see Analog Jones the Temple of Film Facebook page. It's going to be interesting because this will be the last year that I do that because I'll probably switch over to the Analog Jones and we'll just mm-hmm. talk about it there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm i not going to go through all the movies, but two movies stuck out to me. One, I'm traveling. The whole point of this is I'm traveling around the world. Uh, Steve screams around the world. I got to turkey shoot in Australia. That is crazy. I love that movie. And I've seen it under the other title. What's the other title? Like Death 2000 uh, or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, what is it? Uh, fuck. Escape 2000 is the other title. That's what I've seen under. Yeah, it's both awesome. posters on it awesome. are fantastic. Such a good movie. Even though Roger Corman's uh, 2000 poster on it uh, really does not tell you what the movie is at all. No, no. I mean, Turkey Shoot makes sense when you see the movie, but it doesn't yeah. make sense if you're trying to sell the movie. I think that's why they changed the title. I, I don't know this for sure, and I've never read anything about it, but I'm pretty sure they were scared that Americans didn't know what a turkey shoe was. Right. Um, or the majority of Americans were. Right. So... Oh, cool the uh, the other movie that I'd watched that stuck out, I'd never seen Battle Royale. Oh. From Japan. I fucking love that movie. <sighs> love that movie. I... Wow. There is so much child death in that, or teenager death. There, there, there's 16, 17 year olds playing like 13 year olds. I understand yeah. that, but um, wow, that is violent. Great movie. And I have noticed Powerful. something. Powerful. Yeah, I have noticed something about a horror, Asian horror, or J horror, Japanese horror. And I don't know if you noticed this, and we have. I don't think believe we've discussed this yet. So this is the first thing you've heard from. Asian horror is very violent towards women. I think, yeah, there are definitely some specific 
movies that are, the the more graphic stuff yeah tends to be i mean look at i mean audition was sort of awful towards women but that was sort of the point of the movie that was calling yeah. attention to it but uh yeah i mean definitely that is uh, something that comes up in these movies south korea does one called i saw the devil and there's a scene in that where uh the killer from i believe um old, old boy, boy uh, he kills her with a hammer, and that was rough for me to watch. I, I'm not big into um, people that can't escape, kind of like where they're held down. Yeah. And it makes me very uncomfortable. But that one, when he just bashes her head with the hammer, cuts her up, and then he basically treats women like shit throughout the whole thing. Uh, makes yeah. me very uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it's it's awful content in the movie but again yeah. it's another powerful movie yeah. i love i saw that well as much as you can love something like yeah. that like it's, it's a visceral experience yeah. that you have to see but you might not want to watch right right yeah it's the best way to say it yeah so all right but uh you watch anything in october you want to talk about the only thing i want to mention is i fell in love with the babysitter which is on netflix right now uh it's it's not going to be for everybody but uh you know i i love and I, I'm not saying this jokingly. Like I love with a passion the Charlie's Angels movies, and Mick G directed those. Um, I love their energy. I love how fun they are. I, I love fun movies in general. So I love those movies. And this is basically Mick G, who did those goofy ass great Charlie's Angels movies, doing a horror movie. And you love the second Charlie's Angel? It's fun. Okay. I mean, I would. I'm not judging you. I would consider. I would consider the first one like one of my many, many favorites. Second one, not so much, but I love it. It's fun. Uh, But yeah, this is. It's a. It's not for everybody, but it is a Mick G horror movie, and it's fucking nuts. Did you mention it. it was like Home Alone or Adventures in Babysitting as a horror movie? Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, Home Alone meets the first Evil Dead. Ooh! Wow! Yeah. All right, yeah, it's I'm going to have to one. watch that because that poster is fantastic. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, I hope it does well. I think finally, I, I've been reading some stuff about it. I'm interested in sort of Netflix as a studio as opposed to Netflix mm-hmm. as a uh, way to watch movies. Um, and I was reading about it, and it really sounds like Netflix now has found their footing with movies. They sort of figured out TV. But mm-hmm. now they, I think they're figuring it out with movies. The Babysitter was great. I hear some of their other stuff that's coming up later this month is going to be great. Uh, Gerald's Game is getting great reviews. Mm-hmm. So I think they've finally figured it out. And I'm interested to see what they're going to do next. I'm a little disappointed that Netflix is doing so well because I love the theatrical experience. But I'm excited because Netflix is finally a studio that is giving artists uh, money and free reign to make movies that the major studios won't make. Yes, because I don't think you'd ever see that in a major studio. Never. No, no. From you, what you're describing, there's no way. When you watch it, you're going to get about 30 minutes in that movie and be like, no studio would have the balls to ever touch this. Yeah. And Netflix gave it the budget it needed and deserved to be yeah. as fun as it is. Because I always put your your next as the Home Alone horror movie. Yeah. no, it, 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 Well, it, maybe Home Alone 2 horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, it has that feel as well. Yes. Right. Your next was like my favorite movie that year that it yeah. came out. 2014, 15? 13. 13, okay. Um, it was my favorite movie of 2013, and so far The Babysitter is my favorite movie of this year. Oh, that's that's major kudos right there. I mean, it's me. I've got weird taste. I'm never going to align with anybody else. But well, I'm saying from a horror like, hound, that's like yeah. major kudos. Yeah. 
Well, we have what we're coming up with next. And right now, we are going to kind of continue the October Halloween theme into a movie called Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Oh, I can't wait to do this one next time. It is such a fun movie. I was surprised. This came out November 13th of 1987. And we should mention our new gimmick of how we pick these movies. This is very difficult for Matt and I to pick these movies because there's so many yes. and you know we so we look through our, we scour through our VHS's or we go to our shops near us and everything uh, we have decided to pick a random year in the month we are in and we decided that 1987 would be our month so we go to a you know we scour Google on the internet through it and we found a bunch of different movies and this man right here happened to own Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Yep. So what we're going to do is now for the next six months or so, uh, and we'll see if we like the gimmick, we're going to pick a movie in the month that we're doing it, the month of release on video Uh, from a random year. Well, it, it, in the theater because we had a we wanted to do it when it was released in home video. That's really hard to find. But it's of. extremely hard unless we're doing it in the '90s, which we don't want to get to yet. We no, want to start we, with we some are, '80s yeah. stuff. So, so, well, even the '90s ones are tough. Yeah, because no, it really yeah. uh, before the day and age of the internet, there they didn't keep track of when stuff came out on home video. But anyway, we're starting with November, and we're starting with two November releases. The first being Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night Two. And we're going to remind you to be kind. And rewind. Those two idiots. 